everybody. Welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. Or should I say welcome back? Maybe. Maybe this is welcome back for you. Maybe it's welcome for the first time. If you were here in early 2020, you know that the Simple Classroom Podcast already existed for maybe eight to 10 episodes. But I had made the, what at the time I didn't know was a grave error, but I had made the grave error of launching this podcast quite literally two days before a global pandemic started. And I mean, obviously, there was no way I could have seen that coming. But when I say two days before, I mean, truly, I think this thing launched on March 4th, 2020, the first time around, my first crack at a podcast and under the same name and everything. And our schools here shut down on March 6th. That that date of March 6th is burned so deeply into my brain, I will never forget it. But it was March 6th, 2020. Our schools here closed because we had our first confirmed case. And, you know, I'm sure we've all done this post-COVID reflection over the past few months where, you know, we just passed the two-year mark a few weeks ago. And I bet all of you are kind of thinking, back or have at some point about your frame of mind back then, I remember so distinctly thinking that this was just going to be a couple of weeks. And then, well, maybe it's just going to be a couple of months. And then, well, surely by summer. Well, surely by Christmas. Well, surely by this time next year. Um, And I know that we've all just been living in that state of mind for the past couple of years. So it's no surprise when I look back on and it's no surprise that I really lost my mojo around this whole idea with keeping this podcast going. I intermittently tried to keep it up, but I really just was not in the place. I mean, I had all of a sudden I had my husband teaching from home. I had two small children at home. Um, It was just chaos here. It was absolute chaos. I was doing a work from home job that I lost in May. So I was unemployed. I had to pivot and kind of really, really, really dig deep and go into business for myself. And then I had a third baby in 2021. And it's just the idea of juggling extra things became almost impossible. And I know when I'm saying that this is none, none of this is unique, right? This is not unique to me. This is my particular story and my experience with the past two years. But every single one of you listening has had just so many trials in the past couple of years and probably have some really horrendous stories that you are having to cope with and grapple with in the midst of keeping your family afloat and going to work every day. And we're we're all in this together, which is not comforting, but it is, right? It's nice to know that I'm not alone. The past few years were hard and they were for everybody, but also the past few years were hard and that's not fun. Um, and now we're coming up on summer. And I thought... In this first week of May, I thought it would be apropos to talk about rest and talk about looking ahead to summer, which could be three or four weeks away for you, or it could be another one or two months away um, if you don't get out until late June. Wherever you're at, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Once we get to that first week of May, things are starting to wind down for a lot of us, whether you are in the midst of your state testing and right on the other side of that is just fun, chaos city, or you just wrapped up state testing. Now you got to figure out what to do with these kids for the next three and a half weeks. Either way, your brain is probably centered on summer. And I thought it would be fitting to bring back the Simple Classroom podcast to talk about maximizing rest over the summer, which is something that I am very passionate about because 
I think we as teachers can fall prey to trying to cram too much in, to try to do too much, um, or maybe to drop the ball on lots of things altogether because we're so burnt out. And both of those options, whether you take a summer that's totally hands off of your personal life or you take a summer where you're trying to grab the bull by the horns and get everything done and get caught up on everything, either way, you will go back into next school year feeling worn out. And what I would love for each and every one of you is that you go back into next school year feeling rejuvenated and refreshed and ready for whatever the next school year is going to bring you because Lord knows we don't know. We At this point, I think we can all safely agree that we have no idea what could come at us in any given month of the year. So when we know that we have a good eight weeks off of our day job, I think we need to take advantage of it. And I think it takes a little bit of intention and a little bit of pre-planning or at least some thought. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about four ways to maximize rest over the summer. All right, tip number one on ways to maximize rest over the summer is to create a must-do list. Now, the second I say to-do list, some of you guys are going to want to turn this thing off and go, okay, does not sound relaxing, right? To-do lists are what I do all year long. Please don't make me a to-do list, but hear me out, hear me out. I want you to think about the things that you absolutely have to get done this summer, and they can range from physicals for your kids for the next sports season, home renovation projects you want to knock out before the summer's over, or coffee with that friend that you've been putting off for months and months and months, whatever it is that you absolutely have to get done, or you will feel bad about yourself when summer is over. I want you to generate that list. Be mindful about this list, okay? Be reasonable. I am very guilty of creating a to-do list for myself, and I am misoptimistic when I'm making that to-do list. I will cram that list full of 35 things that I say before summer is over, I'm going to have all this stuff done. We're going to have the whole kitchen renovation done. My kids are going to get their dentist and doctor's appointments checked off. I'm going to run a half marathon before summer's over. I'm going to see every single one of my friends. I'm going to fly and take this trip here. I'm going to take my kids to the beach here. We're going to do a zoo day, a museum day, library days. Like I will write it all down as if Summer is magically going to give me more than 24 hours a day, and I'm not going to need any time to chill. I'm guilty of this. If you are also guilty of this, this is where the next step is really, really important. I want you to physically write it all down in a calendar or a Google calendar, put it in your phone calendar, actually assign dates or attribute weeks to these things where this is what my time is going to be mostly devoted to is this thing. Okay. If you say, I absolutely have to see this friend because our friendship has really been kind of waning because we never make time for each other. If I don't meet this friend for coffee at least once over the summer, I will feel like a garbage human. I want you to text that friend and say, all right, I'm planning out summer, picking a date now. What do you want to do? June 12th? Are you free on June 12th? Like actually assign a date to it so that it is there in writing and you can see how many days you have to play with. Um, sometimes to-do lists can just be really deceiving that we're just making a list. We're just making a list and we think we're just going to go down the list and cross things off. But when you actually say, I am giving myself this date to this date to work on this project that I have to get done before summer's over, or I'm going to go ahead and call the doctor right now and get those physicals scheduled and write them in, whatever it is, make that must-do list and write things down. How does this maximize rest? 
It makes it so that you know how many days you have completely off of those things. And when you go back in to next school year, you know that everything you had to have done over the summer is done. Because believe it or not, if you go back into next school year and you have this looming list of things that you intended to get done over the summer, but now you have to get them done in the midst of the school year, that's actually going to make you feel stressed all summer long and then make you feel more frazzled next school year when you're trying to juggle things that you know you should have gotten done when you had the time. So make that must-do list, whatever it may be. Block off those vacations so you know you're gone during those days and you don't have to stress during vacation because that thing, that dentist appointment that you know you've got to get done is happening on X date. Um, And just make sure it's all there in writing. Tip number two, condense the time that you spend in your classroom. I would love, and this is not always possible, but I would love for everyone in the world and the teaching profession to give themselves six solid weeks off. Most summer breaks are about eight weeks long, two full months. I would love it if everybody gave themselves six of those eight weeks completely school-free. And here's the catch. School-free, not just physically, because it's easy to not physically drive yourself up to school, but school-free mentally where you're not stressing about school. You're really, really taking time off. But there are things to be done, right? We don't just walk in the first week of school and things are magically done. So I think everyone falls into one of two camps. I think you are either, as you are packing up from one year, you are already thinking ahead to next year and you're making moves in your classroom to get ready for next year. If you are one of those people, I recommend coming into school that first week or two after the school year's done, when you have that motivation, you feel refreshed, you feel ready to tackle the next school year, and then you're going to take some time off, go ahead and do what you need to do. Go ahead and print that decor that first week that the kids are gone. Go ahead and swap out those bulletin boards, get them ready for next year, freshen them up, and then cover things up however you need to to get the room, the floor waxed or the room cleaned or whatever. But as much as you can do those first two weeks of school or first two weeks of summer break, if you are this kind of person, go ahead and do it. Now, if you are the type of person that those last weeks to school, you are limping to the finish line, which is a lot of people, right? You are limping to summer break. Go ahead and just walk away. Walk away and block off those two weeks before summer or before school starts again to come back in and start working. I think you're one of you're one or the other. I, I fell kind of more in the I like to have a lot of things ready to go before I left for summer break. And then I might come back one week before. So I guess I was somewhere in the middle. I like to come up that first week of summer when the school was really empty. No one was there that first week of summer. Things were really quiet. I had free use of the copy machine, the laminator, whatever I needed. I liked to get a lot of things done that first week. I had the mental energy and stamina often for that. And I obviously wouldn't go up there every single day of those five days and camp out for eight hours. But a few hours here and there helped me really feel ahead and put together so that when I took those six weeks off of summer, I felt like I really could mentally let school go as well as physically. And that's the key. Whatever it takes. I mean, if you walk away and your classroom is just things are thrown in boxes and shoved in cabinets and you are like, whatever, peace out this year and you need to take six weeks off and you can take those six weeks off and not even think about school once. Awesome. Awesome. 
If you can take eight weeks off and you can come back that first week of school and get everything done, awesome. I am always an advocate for do a little bit of pre-planning, a little bit of work in the summer while you don't have meetings and distractions um, because I just think it's a more efficient use of your time than trying to cram all of your prep in the midst of all of that PD that will be required of you that first official week back for teachers. So I'm really on team carve out a week or so to come up in the quiet and get things done. But if you physically can't even look at your school building, take as much time as you need. Um, but my my big point here is take the physical time off, but make sure you can mentally take the time off too and do whatever you need to do that. But tell yourself, this is my school work time these weeks, and I'm not even thinking about it until then. I don't have to. I can rest and enjoy my family. All right, tip three is going to sound like a big old duh, but it is to relax. And when I say that, I'm sure that you are rolling your eyes at me and being like, okay, yeah, of course, relax. Relax this summer. But relax is not something that naturally comes to anybody. And I was actually looking up the dictionary definitions, because I'm a nerd, of the words rest and relax. And they are very different words, actually. And the approach that you might take to achieving either of those things is really different. So when I looked up what it means to rest, it simply means to stop doing something. A rest is just a cease in activity. So To just have a summer vacation, a summer break is resting because you are taking a break from teaching. But taking a break from something, resting, does not automatically assume relaxation. You can take a break from teaching, but be home with small children. And there is maybe some resting from teaching happening, but no relaxation happening at all. You may have a sick family member that you are caring for. You may have another job that you have to take on over the summer. You may have... um a stressful financial situation, a stressful home situation, whatever the case is, taking a break from teaching does not automatically guarantee you relaxation or rejuvenation so that you'll go back into the next school year after your summer and feel like you really took care of yourself. So when we think about relaxing, it takes some intention. You have to plan to relax, which sounds counterintuitive because, I don't know, when we think about getting rest and relaxing and all of those things, it kind of feels like I just want to be able to wake up and plan what I want to do. I don't want to have to plan it out. But sometimes if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? Some things just have to be planned. And I think depending on the season of your life, if you have small children or um, other things in your care that require your time and attention, you do have to carve out that time for yourself. So the way that you achieve any kind of relaxation, because the definition, I didn't mention this, the definition of relaxation is actually to reduce stress or tension or anxiety. Those are the actual words when I looked it up in Merriam-Webster. The actual words surrounding relaxation were to reduce or get rid of stress, anxiety, and tension. And that's what we really need, right? We don't just need to take a break from teaching. We need to actually de-stress. And the way you achieve that for yourself is you have to engage your mind and your body in things that take your mind off the stresses of your life and just help you unwind. So that can be a pool day, that can be a beach trip, that can be a trip to Target by yourself, but whatever it is, you have to carve it out. It is up to you to plan to do that. And that can look really different depending on the season of your life. Again, like I said, if you're home with five million and one small children like I am, I only have three small children, but it feels like five million and one 
on any given day. And you can have big kids. You can have three teenagers and it, it can feel like five million and one teenagers, right? It's just because three is a lot of different personalities to manage all the time on top of your own. But I digress. If you have children that you are in charge of over the summer, it's certainly not going to feel like any kind of break. You will have to work with your partner if that's possible, a good friend, a neighbor, a parent who lives nearby, whatever, whoever is in your village, you're going to need to rely on them a little bit to just work something out to give yourself some time off every once in a while and not just physically take the time off like I was talking about with our classrooms, but mentally take the time off. So it's sometimes not enough to just have nap time and just say, well, I get that hour every day with my small kids at home. I get that nap time hour every day to do whatever I want to do. You have to actually do it. You have to actually take your mind off of it. You can't use nap time to catch up on laundry and get ahead on dinner and clean the kitchen. And then the kids wake up and you never even got to sit down and read that book that you wanted to read. You have to plan to say, okay, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday during nap time, I am going to read that novel And that's all I'm going to do that whole time because it's for me and it's my summer break, right? Or work out with your partner if your partner works from home or if you're like me, you're married to a fellow educator and you both have time off right now. Or if your partner's home on the weekends, work out a way to say, I'm going to take a mental health day from this time to this time every Thursday because you're home. And then I will happily do the same for you on this day, right? So I'll take Thursday, you take Friday from 8 to noon or from 10 to 2 or whatever. It's my mental health day for just these six weeks of our summer break. If your partner will go for that or if you can get a babysitter to come over or if you can trade with a neighbor, hey, will you keep my kids for this time and I'll take yours next week at the same time or however you want to organize it. But there are ways there are ways. There are gyms that have childcare. There are ways to give yourself a break if you're looking to brainstorm and think a little outside of the box sometimes. But demand that break for yourself. Plan it. Be intentional with relaxing because just because you have time off from the school year doesn't mean you will actually actually relax once. So let's plan for it. Tip number four. This one is actually one of my favorites and something that I employ even now as a work from home person because it can be so, so easy to not do this is take inventory of your goals for yourself this summer and create a loose daily routine that emphasizes those goals. Now, again, I think that some of these sound like they won't help you rest more, but they do. They do. I want you to think about yourself two to three months from now, walking into school on the first week of school, thinking back on your summer. Do you want to be a healthier, happier version of who you are right now? Someone who took, they they took advantage of the two months that they had and they really, really worked on themselves and bettered themselves mentally and physically and spiritually and all of those things. Or When you look ahead to the next two to three months from now, do you want to see someone who is just as worn out as you feel right now walking into school those first weeks of school? My guess is you want to see a healthier, happier version of yourself in the future, in the near future. And the way that you do that is you think about ways that you want to improve upon your daily routines and you work that in. Now, when I say think about your goals, these don't have to be hard hitting goals. They can be things like I wanted to work out two to three times a week because I've put it out off all summer. I wanted to read three novels this summer. I wanted to cook healthy, fresh meals for my family more often than I am now. 
Whatever it is, I want you to take inventory of those things, say them to yourself, write them down if you have to, and then think about a way that you could create some daily structure for yourself. Again, loose. It's not like, please set an alarm for 5 a.m., get that workout in and do all this crazy stuff because you are supposed to be taking some time off, right? You're supposed to be being gentler with yourself this summer if you can at all work it in. But create some routine that you say, okay, every night before I go to bed, I'm going to read for 20 minutes or I'm going to make sure I get that skincare routine in every night. I'm going to make I'm going to get up and start getting ready for bed 10 minutes sooner than I normally do. So I make sure I don't skip it. Um, I am going to schedule that monthly date night with my husband. We're going to go on two dates this summer. I am going to set my alarm for at least 9 a.m. so I can wake up and I can go for a walk around my neighborhood before it gets too hot. Um, Whatever it is, just create some sort of routine because believe it or not, actually, I... I don't have like data to quote here or a study, but I do believe from my own personal experience that with summer break, it's nice to let go of the alarms and the routines. But if you go completely unstructured and untethered for eight straight weeks of your life, you actually will start to feel more anxious than you did before. I think we still need a little bit of routine, a little bit of something to kind of set markers in our day that this is the time that I go for a walk with my neighbor. This is the time that I start cooking dinner. Like you kind of still hang on to some of those tent poles in your day that help you get from one section of the day to the next. And if you can keep some of those routines, you may as well maximize what you're doing to those during those routines to help you reach goals that you've set for yourself. So if your goal was to work out a couple of times a week, go ahead and just create a daily routine for yourself that involves giving yourself an hour of time to sip coffee and read, but then twice a week, you're going to sub that out with walking and drinking water or whatever. It doesn't have to be huge. But I do think that if you think right now, this first week of May, about who you want to be during the first week of school next fall, that you can start planning for that now. You can start thinking about that now, and it will ensure that you actually work those things in and you build your life around those goals for yourself. And when you when you reach goals for yourself, it does help you feel more relaxed and rested because you feel like you're taking care of yourself because you are. So the name of the game here when we're trying to get more rest is to actually take better care of ourselves. And that involves resting, that involves relaxing, that sometimes involves physical fitness and healthy eating or hydration. But taking better care of ourselves physically and mentally is the stuff, the good stuff that's going to help you feel so rejuvenated next fall. So just as a quick wrap up, my four tips for getting more rest, maximizing your rest this summer and helping take the best care of yourself that you can is to first make a must-do list for this summer, the things you absolutely have to do and write them down, assign dates or blocks of time to them so that you know they will get done. So you can go into summer breathing easy going, okay, everything that has to get done this summer will get done. And the days where nothing's written down, I get to do whatever I want. Um, Condense the time you spend in the classroom instead of dragging it out. Try to condense it to either a couple weeks right after the school year ends or a couple weeks before the school year begins or split it half and half. But whatever helps you completely take mental and physical time off of your classroom for six straight weeks, if possible, then awesome. 
Tip three is to relax, which is different from rest. Don't just take a break from teaching. Take a mental break from the stress of your life by engaging your body and your mind in things that relax you, whether that's reading, pool days, um, coffee with a friend, a good friend, walks around your neighborhood, whatever it is, carve out that time to relax. And tip four is to start thinking about the goals you've set for yourself this summer, whether they're around your health or a hobby or whatever it may be, and create a loose routine for yourself every day that makes sure that you get that time in as often as you need to. Because all of these things in combination will help you feel a little bit more pulled together, a little bit more on top of it, and a little more like your best self. And you can carry that version of your best self into next school year with you and maybe have created some habits over the summer that you find you can still keep up with them in the school year. You may have to take breaks here and there, but you can get them back. So I hope you guys are having a great start to May and I hope that this May goes smoothly for all of you and that you head into the best summer of your lives. And I want you to check back in each week for more episodes from the Simple Classroom Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time.